Hello, autoimmune sister. Thank you so much for tuning in in today's episode, episode four. This is a special episode of the podcast because I really wanted to talk about what's happening in our world right now. And as I'm sure you know and are seeing across the news and your social media feeds and in the chatter, you know, right now in your community, in your household is all about the coronavirus. And this outbreak has really turn things on its head and we're having to really shift to sort of protect ourselves, but also protect one another against getting this virus. So city officials, government officials all across the world are taking drastic measures to try to contain it by shutting down schools, um, stopping any large gatherings from happening, any events that are occurring. You know, we're having to really make a dramatic shift in our personal lives to accommodate what we believe can help help contain this virus and help potentially stop the spread of it. So I wanted to come to you today to talk a little bit about what we can be doing to help ourselves. And of course, we all know the physical things we can do to to, um, to protect ourselves, like washing our hands thoroughly, you know, covering our sneezes, really doing some some really essential and basic hygienic practices to safeguard ourselves, which are things that, you know, we, we should have been doing all along, but it's just been a great reminder and to bring more awareness around how we can protect ourselves and stop the spread of these these types of viruses that um, that may may occur. And so, I just really wanted to hopefully add some value to the conversation that you're you're having, and then some of the things that you're hearing. We know what we need to do physically. What about our mental health? You know, this is really affecting a lot of people. It's affecting me initially. I had great hope and faith that this was not going to affect our family um, in the way that it has. But, you know, things really took a quick turn for a lot of people and took us all by surprise, I think, when there were increased talks about shutting down events and, you know, kids not going to school for a couple of weeks. That certainly impacts us all, um, especially if you have children. But then, of course, you, if you're a professional and you're working or going into an office, I'm sure you're seeing changes there too. A lot of companies are transitioning to remote work as well. And that's a huge shift for a lot of people. So what about mental health? How do we safeguard ourselves in that department? Well, I turn to my dear friend and mental health expert, Carissa Oyabanjo. She is a licensed clinical therapist and she's based in College Park, Maryland, she offers some really useful advice on navigating these turbulent times, you know, how to make the most of it. And even, you know, kind of looking at the silver lining of it all, how can we really use this as a time to recalibrate our lives and focus on what's most important? So hopefully you get a lot of value out of it. I certainly did. And I just think that we all need to be having conversations about these things um, and really trying to protect ourselves physically, but also mentally. So take a listen to that interview right now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Autoimmune Health. And today I have the privilege of speaking to my personal friend, um, someone who I really admire in the field of mental health. Her name is Carissa Oyabanjo. She is a licensed therapist. She's also the president of HMS Therapy Services, which is based in College Park, Maryland. So Carissa, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it and taking the time to do this. 
Emily, thank you so much for t prioritizing this very important topic right now. And I really support all of the work that you do in wellness and health. And so I'm very honored to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you alluded to it, you know, our world, our city, our communities are seeing a lot of changes happening right now due to this virus mm -hmm. um, called the coronavirus. Um, the World Health, Health Organization has recently declared that this is a pandemic. Um, so a lot of people are, are cities are putting um, restrictions on traveling and, you know, large gatherings and things like that. But also this is really calling, causing a lot of disruption for a lot of people, their normal way of living. You know, kids are not going to school. Um, adults are having to stay home and kind of restrict their um, going out and everything like that. So I just really wanted to talk to you about what are some sort of best practices and things that we should be thinking about as we are sort of trying to navigate through this very challenging time. So thank you so much again for, you know, just your willingness to do this. So I'll jump right in. But I do want to know, like, as a therapist, how did you sort of react to all of this going on and, and having to make all of these changes in your life? Like, what, how, what was your initial reaction? Absolutely. That's such a great question. And I have to say, as a therapist, my initial reaction was anxiety, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Hey, like when I heard it, you know, you start thinking about, you know, what's going to happen with the kids and yeah. especially when the school, really the anxiety didn't hit until the school, um, schools were shut down for two, uh, two weeks. And then I'm kind of good at reading body language. And so looking at the officials and watching how serious their tone is, I just said, you know, I have to take this very seriously. And so that initial reaction was mild anxiety. And then I went into kind of planning and preparing and figuring out what we need and, and how can I move forward um, with that. That was very helpful. Yeah, that's, it's actually encouraging to hear you as a licensed therapist feel a little bit of anxiety kind of makes us feel <laughs> Like we're not alone. Like everyone is doing the same thing. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously there is a lot of anxiety happening right now. Yes. What, you know, how do you suggest we process this? What's the best way to process that anxiety to sort of, you know, I know we're going to feel it, but what do we do with it once we feel that anxiety come up for us? Absolutely. That's a, a, another great question. And first of all, I want to say that it's normal to feel anxiety when it comes to something like when a sudden and health, uh, health issue or crisis really, such as the coronavirus pandemic occurs, it's normal to have a mild level of anxiety. So I want to just normalize that and validate people's feelings about that. Um, where we get into trouble is when it's excessive fear and panic that happens. And so what we want to do is allow ourselves to feel like it's okay to feel a little anxious and let that anxiety propel us to doing what we need to do to prepare for such a thing. And so, um, for instance, if we had no anxiety and we were completely nonchalant, we probably wouldn't have gone and bought some groceries and preparing our home and practicing the social distancing that's recommended. And I, I think that's great that you're doing that, Emily, on this podcast today with doing it via, via um, video conferencing. Mm -hmm. So I just think that those are some, you know, some of the things that you can do, allow yourself to recognize that some anxiety is okay, mm -hmm. to really guard against serious anxiety and, and um, excessive anxiety by limiting the amount of time that you're taking in news about the coronavirus. So for instance, don't have CNN or your local news um, channel on 24 hours a day while you're working. <laughs> you know, make sure that you say, maybe your limits will be that I'll watch it in the morning at, you know, at, in the morning and then maybe in the evening and kind of catch up 
and see what's mm -hmm. happening. I like that advice, like restricting your consumption of everything coronavirus, right? Yes. It's okay definitely. to do that. It is definitely okay. Now, the other thing is, though, another way of dealing with anxiety is being having information. It's so mm -hmm. you need to do your research, right? Like I, for me, that helps a lot too, to have research. What are the symptoms? Looking at the websites, the CDC, and kind of being aware of what you should be doing. And then you tell yourself, okay, now I have my plan so I can kind of be calm in, in dealing with this. Yeah. And I guess it's important to also note, like, you know, be careful where you get your information from, right? Because if Absolutely. you're on social media a lot, you may not be getting the most accurate information, let's say. So, yeah. so be mindful of that as well, would you say? I would definitely agree with that. Like, I tend to look at Dr. Anthony Fauci. He's, you know, one of the probably the premier person right now. And I'm looking at some of, um, in terms of social media, some of the doctors that I know or I'm friends with, like I trust their information output, you know. And so I agree with you on that, just being careful. Yeah, and thanks for that recommendation too. So yeah, you did touch on stress. And we know, like you said, stress and anxiety is a normal part of, you know, having to deal with something sudden like this. Um, but we know that too much negative stress is not good for our bodies. It can actually, you know, um, shut down our immune system. And we won't be able to fight off any, you know, virus or, or what, whatever that may come our way. So we need to be really careful about the stress that we allow to kind of permeate in our lives. But in terms of that, um, you know, how do you suggest we handle that aspect of it? Because we, we realize that stress can, can become an issue if we don't sort of, you know, get a handle on it. But what would you suggest yes. in that regard? Okay, absolutely. Well, definitely because this pandemic is affecting so many areas of our lives, both our businesses and churches and schools, you know, we have to recognize that stress will increase during this time. And so we have to be very proactive and have a stress management plan. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do to help to decrease my stress? And I would make sure that you have a list of five things at least that you can do to decrease your stress. And I'll give you some ideas. One of the things that we could do right now is to make sure that all of our conversations are not dominated by the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to do a quick check-in with each other. We're going to talk. But then make sure that you're talking about pleasant things too. You know, make sure you're talking about your goals and your dreams, your aspirations. So that's one thing. So don't dominate all conversations with the coronavirus. Make sure that we're uh, meditating, even if it's one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Prayer, reading scriptures can be helpful, being in touch with your spiritual self. Making sure that um, for those of us that have decided to work from home, that we're exercising, that you get outside, take a walk, soak in nature, right? I think mm -hmm. that's important as well. And then another thing to manage stress is to really monitor your negative self-talk. Like what are you saying to yourself, whether it's about the coronavirus or anything else, and really trying to challenge any negative thoughts or anxiety producing thoughts with positive, calming self-talk. Because mm -hmm. a lot of stress has to do with how we react to what we're thinking about the stressor, right? So yeah. in practice, I talk to a lot of people and some people are like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm being mindful and watchful, but it's not really stress, causing me too much stress. And then others, you know, it's causing a significant amount of stress. So we target how are you thinking about it and, you know, and changing, shifting that a little bit. Could you give an example of that? Like, let's say, 
I don't know what would be what would be a good example of what's a common thought that may come up for people and then how would that we redirect that thought to something absolutely so for instance when you're watching the news or something um, and you're hearing about the coronavirus one of the things this may sound morbid but people are thinking it like what if I die you know what if this happens to me or my mother or my grandmother or, you know my neighbor mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that I would encourage you to do is just to challenge that thought. What, as soon as you recognize that you're having it, mm -hmm. something like, you know, we are informed, we're practicing preventative strategies, I have a plan, and I'm not going to focus on things that I can't control, right? Anxiety will not dictate my life. And mm -hmm. so just challenging and refuting those statements can really help to create a sense of calm. Because these times, sometimes we want these anxious thoughts to take precedence over our mind mm -hmm. more control over them than we think that we do mm, i love that carissa that's amazing and you had touched on work situations people are going from working in an office full-time to working remotely for you know however extended period of time we're looking at here um so you know that's a a, a sudden shift for a lot of people they're not used to working from home and then they're you know, there comes with that some challenges as well. Time management, you know, having to deal with kids. Yes. <laughs> and be working at the same time. Right. Um, but in terms of like transitions such as that, what is, what is, you know, a tip that you can give someone in making that transition and making it not so disruptive to their, you know, normal work life? Absolutely. And Emily, this one touches, you know, touches me personally because I made a difficult decision to um, just practice telehealth through the next two weeks. And I have to say that this that decision was a very distressful, very stressful decision for me because I didn't want to pique my client's anxiety by closing the office and how would that look? And um, am I going to meet people's needs? And so definitely one of the things that I can say that you can do in this transition is to prepare. We know probably most people know people who work from home full-time, right? Like they've right. been doing it for years. So ask them, how do you do it? What do you do that helps you to keep things sane? How do you structure your day? Mm -hmm. do you take care of the kids during that time. And so I would definitely recommend that we talk to other people. And then um, one of the other things that you should do is come up with a good schedule for your and your family. If you have kids or a husband, you know, mm -hmm. a routine. For some reason, routines tend to calm us as humans, you know? <laughs> Means we know what we're doing and how we're doing it. It provides a sense of calm. Right. So come up with a great healthy routine and then set hard boundaries around your start and stop times at work. You know, you want to make sure, okay, I'm starting at nine and I'm ending at five. Those are just theoretical times. It could be whatever time you need, but I'm not going to work all day because I'm in the house all day. I right. think that's, something that's important too. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's interesting also to hear conversations or see things on social media, because I see also there is this sort of the silver lining to all of this. You know, I see people kind of looking at this as an opportunity to pull back the reins in some areas of their life, you know, right. refocus their priorities and things like that. But what would you say are some of the ways that we can take advantage of this time even? Absolutely. And I think one of the things that we can do is really sit with ourselves and say, you know, what are the things, what are little projects or big projects that we've been wanting to do kind of around the home or personal projects that time is going to give us the opportunity to focus on, right? So that's one of the things you would do. Like I can think of a few closets in my house that 
It's very therapeutic for me. I can think of, um, for my daughter, some art projects that she would do. I've always been prompting her to read a book, you know, and that book, she reads a lot. Write a book is what I wanted her to do. <laughs> right. And so I think, you know, just thinking about what are some personal projects, learning a language, things like that, that might be helpful for them. And then what I really want to urge people to do is to embrace the slower pace. Mm-hmm. I'm going to embrace the slower pace that's being enforced upon us. We like to have a slower pace when we have control over it. Like we want to enjoy our vacation, we want to take a day off, and then that's our slower pace. But when it's imposed on us, we feel stressed. You know, but I would encourage you to embrace it. We, we have been running at a sprinter's pace for so long that um, we need to embrace this marathon pace that's coming. Because guess what? That sprinter pace will be back. It may not feel like it right now, but it's coming back. So try to embrace that time. Take some me time. Rest. I would encourage everyone to rest. That's a protective factor, which you could speak so much more on in terms of health, but protective factor for us when we rest, when we rest our minds and our Mm -hmm. body and just absolutely have that time. Absolutely. And I love it. And you know, you know me, I'm an introvert. So I'm actually, I'm actually okay with not going out as much. And you're right, though, this is a great opportunity to do that to to just take that rest that is so needed for everyone, I think. And so thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and share that with, um, with this audience that we're going to share this with. So I really appreciate it. So one last question, how can people get in contact with you and find out more information about the work that you're doing? Absolutely. I have a private practice in College Park, Maryland. It's entitled HMS Therapy Services, which you talked about earlier, where I treat adults um, for counseling. And um, you can find me on my website, which is www.hmstherapy.com. And then I also am a co-founder of a wonderful nonprofit, the Renew and Revitalize Marriage and Family Institute. Love that. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. We serve... um, families and children and we have an annual conference that we do the renew revitalized marriage conference and so if you would like more information about that people can find me at www.renew and which is and revitalized.org perfect thank you again carissa i really appreciate your time i hope you have a great rest of your day and make the most of this time as well (laughs) thank you so much enjoy the rest of your day too and i really feel privileged in being here thanks again Well, I hope that interview was just as helpful to you as it was for me. If you do want more information about working with Carissa, please don't hesitate to reach out to her. And I'm also there to support you in whatever capacity that I can. If you'd like more information about the work that I do as a certified health and wellness coach, you can certainly reach out to me at info at emilybrownhealthcoach.com. And you can visit my website at www.emilybrownhealthcoach.com. Well, I look forward to meeting with you again in our next episode. And until then, stay well, my friends, and be safe.